An envelope. Uh, that's if you want to send an email to someone. Yeah, a thumbs up sign. That's something you'd click on if you want to like something. You're on a roll right again. Three simple short lines. Easy, a menu button. The beauty of icons is that they break through language barriers. These tiny symbols represent the same thing for people all over the world, meaning that essentially they're a unifying language. That's why Ginny can answer my questions because she understands the meaning behind the visual. And I'm guessing you could too. This is something I'm very excited about. Visual development, which represents widgets and building blocks, can become a common language within an organization regardless of who the developer is. And that's what we'll be looking at in this episode. Thanks, Dina. And that's what we'll be looking at. Hang on. That's my bit. <laughs> Sorry. One episode in and taking over as host already. And we will hear more about visual development in... <sighs> you get the picture. Hey, Tomorrow Noughts. The amazing Dina Derutlik is back to tell us all about low-code. If you don't know what low-code is, I urge you to swat up with our previous episode. That's just one before this on the Where Today Meets Tomorrow podcast. That's homework. Yes, I'm sending homework. Heads down and your timer starts now. Sorry if any of you got school flashbacks there. Here's Dina just in time to brighten up our day. Dina, hello. Hey, Jenny. Now, we're already midway through our nano series on low code. In the previous episode, you, Erno Rareve, and Jacob Schillinger discussed exactly what it is. So today we're going to look at how your company, Mendix, helps companies leverage low code. Could you first set the scene for us? Sure thing. So to recap, Mendix helps organizations build solutions that meet the needs of their business by leveraging low code development. Last time we talked about how low code allows domain experts to co-create with professional developers. This isn't only to reduce the pressure on IT, but it's also to have a hand in developing these solutions. So for example, domain experts can contribute to developing applications that modernize legacy systems, provide agility within a company, and integrate various key systems and data sources into a solution. My colleague Erno enforces how collaboration between business and IT lies at the core of Mendex. Where Mendix started was to solve a major problem in IT, and that was around the miscommunication between business and IT. Mendix saw how companies were functioning internally and figured out a way to let them operate more efficiently. Our founders came up with a platform that enables developers to build applications with low-code or visual development. This approach creates a common language which helps everyone involved in the process to understand each other. So what are we really talking about here? The beautiful world of infographics and emojis? <laughs> Think more towards things like widgets and building blocks. Essentially, visual development involves dragging and dropping various components or elements of an application into the solution that you're building. So it's a highly efficient universal language, really. Exactly. It makes it so much easier for a citizen developer or a domain expert with no software development experience to put together a prototype, so to say. When they later collaborate with a professional developer, and here I mean folks that are front-end, back-end, and or full-stack developers, they have a straightforward reference on how they want to build things in a visual sense, like the layout, the design, the color, so on and so forth, so that they could finalize the application with the professional developer. This is all much more straightforward than going back and forth on a requirements doc that could easily be left up to interpretation. 
this visual language had the ability to actually describe the level of an application in so many detail that the application can actually be executed based on that model. So visual development brings folks together, essentially, whether they're domain experts, designers, or developers. Yeah, that's right. Together, business and IT can actively contribute to co-creating applications, and there is more to it, as Erno explains. This was actually speeding up the delivery of IT significantly. And having said that, they also found out that speeding up one part of your IT delivery is not enough. So they had to actually speed up all the phases of their uh, application lifecycle, taking running your application, for example, or deploying your application or managing feedback from end users. So what they have done is they brought this all together into the, the Mendix platform. And in the Mendix platform, we facilitate today the full application lifecycle from ID to development, deployment and run in the cloud or your own cloud, operating the application and managing feedback. So I'm counting development, deployment, operation in the cloud, then the app, and finally receiving feedback. Anything else? And this is the full application lifecycle, all there to accelerate the efficiency and speed up IT for the delivery. Actually, a huge benefit of Mendex is that it gives feedback in real time or as near real time as you can get. You take the idea, test it, and then continue to build upon those strong foundations. It's always amazing to see how technology facilitates not only building high-tech products, but also discussions between people. It's something we touched on in our last episode, and it's interesting to see now how low-code works specifically at Mendix. Dina, do you see Mendix ever replacing solutions that at the moment require programmers? So Jenny, to your point, we did cover this in the last episode, but it really is worth emphasizing. No, it won't, and it shouldn't either. There will always be a place for professional development, but technology is expanding. And if you look at how computer programming has evolved over the years and how new technology continues to emerge, at this rate, there won't be enough human resources to fill these gaps. In a world that sees more digital processes and products every day, and in a world that doesn't have more programmers being born every every day at breakneck speed, it will have an ever-increasing impact on the industry and on the business. The industry is, is full with technology-driven people that have a knack for, for what you do in, in a low-coding environment like, like Mendix. And I can see all those people jumping from a very technology-driven view on low-coding to a more product-driven view. So thinking about how can we turn low-coding solutions in, in products that help us every day. Also, uh, refocusing activities into templates that can be reused in terms of creating a solution once to create value and then multiplying that in a templatized format or even distilling it into a SaaS solution. And that will lead into a, into a more capability adoption process over time to impact strategic decisions in businesses and companies, more agility for, for your employer, and also raising innovative capabilities to make businesses more competitive in their respective markets. What sort of markets is Jacob referring to? Actually, low-code is not limited by industry. Mendix serves various verticals, presenting different organizations with solutions that help them with key initiatives. 
Manufacturing in particular has a huge potential to develop solutions that help them with their digitalization efforts. Using Mendex, organizations can bridge the gap between physical and digital, people and products, and so on. I'm sure your listeners would have heard of the Internet of Things. That's where physical objects communicate all over the Internet. Hello, Jimmy. That's correct. That's exactly you what right, is. How do yes. you know that? You are right. When dealing with IoT, we need to think about two things. IT, which deals with information, and OT, which deals with machines. They both produce a lot of data. So using that data and getting folks to apply it to their work is very important. So the potential I see for Mendix in the industrial sector, either to machines, connected machines, or to the connected shop floor, is where it's going to bring different kind of data together in an easier way, thinking about connecting OT and IT easier together and building solutions which are on the edge of supporting the IT side of the company and the OT side, as yeah, so bringing manufacturing data, manufacturing of production data to easier in context into my standard operations or my commerce or my, my sales or my purchasing processes, also in my logistics. So, so this is where we easily come combine this data and bringing two kind of people also easier, closer together. This is where IoT meets the digital twin. Ah, the digital twin, our series regular. The digital twin is a virtual representation of real world products and systems. The digital twin, the digital factory helps us put our ideas into action in a digital environment aka virtually. It helps to predict and reduce any errors that come up, costing companies lots of time and money. I'm going to give the floor to Jacob to explain how the digital twin connects to Mendex. In my view, low coding has, has capabilities to extend what the digital twin is doing. To shed some more light on that, it is important to understand that the digital twin is not just one solution, it is a plethora of different solutions that are used in combination with each other in different ways. So it really depends on what kind of company you are, how you use the digital twin. Some companies will have more focus on the engineering part of it, so the digital product you are building in the, in the digital twin. Others will have a focus on virtual production planning, on how you're going to make products, or the real production or even how those real products you manufacture are used in the field by your customers. And wherever your focus is, that changes how you use the digital twin, and it also changes what you connect to your digital twin. Manufacturing production is never standardized. So you might want to extend the capabilities of your, of your standard solutions that are connected, maybe even with, with low coding in a specific way, to extend standard capabilities to, in exactly the way you need them to perform in day-to-day in -day operations. What Jacob's referring to here is the capability that the Mendex platform has in connecting a lot of different solutions, solutions that frequently aren't standardized. That means that Mendex helps machines that might have not normally been able to communicate to each other, communicate. I think this is a good moment to tell us what your customers have produced using Mendex, Dina. Oh, absolutely. I could talk about this for hours, but Jacob Erno and I went around the table and shared some of our favorite stories. So one which pops in my mind now is, is, is when 
a company which was uh, delivering lightning solutions for uh, lighthouses, a real famous concept in the Netherlands. Footnote slash fun fact. If you could include all of the country's estuaries, the Dutch coastline would measure around 450 kilometers. 450 kilometers? That's the equivalent of like 225,000 llamas stacked right on top of each other. That's a lot of llamas, Dina. (laughs) That's a very specific correlation, Ginny. What can I say? I know my llamas. So you might imagine that given those 500,000 llamas, or to be more specific, that long coastline with respect to the size of the country, lighthouses in the Netherlands need to be everywhere to keep sailors and fishers safe. By using Mendix and optimizing their processes and integrating information on the luminization of their lighthouses, the data coming from out of their systems into a digital experience, they're transformed actually from delivering light bulbs into delivering light as a company. So they started to deliver light as a service instead of delivering hardware and infrastructure. I loved this example from Erno. Jacob took a case study from the earlier days of Mendex, one that you'll see is closer to home. One of the earliest adopters uh, within Siemens was Siemens Global Business Services, who created an app about freight claim management. So tracking which freight parcels, not parcels, um, like, like large deliveries, uh, think of generators and stuff like that, how they are shipped to customers. And usually those assets being sent out are very expensive. And if Siemens delivers them too late, they will be held responsible for that uh, in terms of fines. Most often, it is not, not at all Siemens' fault if, if, if things show up late. It can be the logistics company's fault as well. So the freight claim management application just delivers information about when was stuff being sent out, who handles the stuff, and was it on the customer side on time compared to what the freight contract said. And that app, as simple as it sounds, yielded a 2,400% return of investment after it was created. And that app yields a multi-million euro financial impact every year. So you might think, why didn't they create that app years earlier? The simple answer is they just didn't have the resources that could do apps like this in Ciber Global Business Services. Based on low coding, this app could be delivered like like four times quicker than building the app with, with high coding solutions was anticipated. I would like to bring up another one. Um, <laughs> we can do this uh, on the end. I should have saved this for the end. Oh, this is always so great. Keep no, going, I mean, Jacob. we are at, at the danger of, of turning into branding <laughs> mode, how, how, how awesome Mendix right. projects turn out. But there, there's one important thing I want the audience to understand because Erno and I have been focusing on the huge successes so far, like apps that are turning companies into capability thinking or yield multi-million dollars value your cashback or connect ERP with IoT. So those are all really great and big solutions. What is also very important to point out the small successes you have. So last week, I spoke with a colleague at Siemens about an app he created with a few colleagues in a manufacturing closed environment that manages stencils that are used in, in wafer production. And they created, with the help of a colleague in IT, 
but they help. So not the IT guy created the application, the IT colleague just added some IT insights. And other than that, they created an application to manage very expensive stencils, their attributes, the locations they have in the warehouse and how the warehouses are looking like. And as well, who retrieves a stencil from the warehouse and where the stencil goes to in production. To minimize this search effort for stencils, and at the same time, to print out stencil stickers that can be put uh, on stencils so they can always always be interlinked to the stencil representation in the app. It only took the company a few days to create the application with Mendex, but its impact is enormous. Manufacturing blossomed. Before the application, stencils went missing and production grounded to a halt. With the application, stencils were digital and linked to systems, so they no longer needed to worry. And I guess this saved lots of time and money in the process as well. Oh, yeah. Mendix served a foundational need for many companies. It got OT and IT to talk to each other. Because warehouses are so different. They have different racks, different sizes, and most standardized solutions just can't encompass all the different options you have for creating your warehouse environment. So low-coding is a perfect example for, for utilization here. And the colleagues just did that with a very small project that fits a reoccurring need in the industry and delivered value after just a couple of days. Something that we like to do on Where Today Meets Tomorrow is to give our younger members of the audience some tips or ideas for getting into the industry. Dina, could you help them out with something related to low-code? Absolutely. I cover this with Jacob and Erno. There is a huge potential to get involved with low code. If you were to jump on the boat today, you could foreseeably become an expert in very little time. To the students and those that are earlier in their careers, I'd say this is your chance to take the wheel. Low code is growing rapidly and we already see it on career paths and job specs. If you dedicate a little bit of time to learning about the environment, you could quickly pick it up and start making an impact early on. Believe me, I did it. You could start off by going to the Mendex Academy and taking your first course. It's very simple. The chance to turn your ideas into an actual product definitely sounds like something many young people especially would want to have, I guess, Dina. Right. And this is the way organizations can move forward as well. By empowering people across an organization to co-create, speaking with our customers really brought this to light. (laughs) And that's our teaser for episode three. Thanks, Dina. Thanks, Jenny. It was so great to speak to you again. And thanks so much to you for joining us today. For more information about how to get into low-code and Mendix, just head over to our show notes on your favorite podcast player. Dina will be back very soon with another nano episode for us where we'll probably be getting really specific about all the things the Mendix platform can do. Until then, 